It's Thursday night. It's 8 p.m. You know what that means. It's time for your Big Gold Belt Wrestling Podcast. And folks, we got a lot to get into tonight because it's official. Jay Cargill is part of WWE, and we're going to get into all that, how it was handled, the media blitz that was dropped on uh, the day of her signing because she was all over the place. And it tells a lot of stories of the new TKO, yeah, TKO era that we are now into. Is Kayfabe able to be revived? Can Kayfabe come back from the dead? Eddie Kingston had some thoughts on that. We're going to get into that too. Plus, we got some shows this weekend between AEW and NXT. We're glad you're here with us, folks. Stay with us. Your Big Old Belt Wrestling Podcast starts right now. How's it going, everybody? Thursday night, 8 p.m. It's your Big Gold Belt Wrestling Podcast. We got a two-man show tonight between me, Will, and the giant crab, Jamal. A bunch of the guys are busy, I guess, this week. Got stuff going on, but we are here to chop it all up because we got a lot going on in wrestling this week. And some topics that we have been covering lately have come to fruition. And that's where we're going to start right out of the gate because we are going to have a packed show with you for the next hour. So right out of the gate. It's been a big topic that I think two episodes ago we kind of really covered in a full as far as uh, the different angles we think could possibly happen with it, different ways it could possibly be handled, all kinds of different stuff. But uh, it is now official as of September 26. Jade Cargill is now officially a member of the World Wrestling Entertainment roster. It was announced that morning by WWE via ESPN right out of the gate, put out a statement saying Jade Cargill has signed a multi-year contract with WWE as first reported by ESPN. And from there, we had quite the day, quite the day of just a Jade Cargill social media blitz courtesy of a uh, world wrestling entertainment. If you were online that day, you could not miss it because they did not just have that announcement from ESPN. They had her all over social media. They showed her showing up at the Performance Center. They had video of her arriving. Later in the day, they had photos of her there uh, in the ring. Looked like doing some training, meeting some of the folks there. Just a complete Jade Cargill is here. She has arrived and we're telling the world for all to see on social media. Nothing on TV that I saw that night at NXT on NXT television or anything like that. Curious if anything might happen on SmackDown tomorrow night. But as far as social media, they were not being shy about Jay Cargill's here. And we want you all to know about it. Before we go any further, Crab, first impressions of, I guess, how this was handled. How just 
the the the, the way that day just social media wise that you know they've they've signed a lot of people in the past and sometimes they don't say nothing about signing anyone and other times they might just put up a statement and that's it this was a bit more than that and this is the first one of the tko era so thoughts on a that day with the announcement yeah i, I think and this is kind of what we were hoping for uh, when when she left AEW because you know it was no secret that she was going to leave uh, was that they would do something big because I think we kind of agreed and, and felt that she was more of a star um, and pre- should be presented as such uh, that she was in AEW. Now they definitely rolled out the red carpet for her and you know gave you know so many impressions of social media, but what they what it's more for me what they didn't say. Um, they didn't say anything about her name that she'll be using in WWE. Mm-hmm. They didn't say anything about any particular where she's going to pop up. SmackDown, Raw, NXT, who knows? Um, they didn't say anything about what the road to television looks like for her. It was just a simple, um, you know, she's here. She's coming. Get ready for it. And I, and I think that that's pretty big because I can't remember them making such a splash like that about anybody that they've had recently. Yeah. It's, it was definitely different. Yeah. Now I wonder how much of that is the influence of TKO uh, seeing that if you didn't know who she was or why you should care, we're going to, you know, we're going to get, we're going to start that conversation for you because we believe if we believe in her and her ability to be a big deal. And that's why we're giving her this position, this platform, but I wonder if if everyone in this TKO era, uh, a person of that caliber gets signed, will they roll off the red carpet in a similar way? So uh, it'll be interesting to see, you know, who the next man up is and whether or not they get that. But honestly, I can't remember who the last person, maybe what, Bad Bunny or one of the Pauls? Uh, Probably Bad Bunny being involved in a... Pay-per-views when he was going to have a match, yeah. or when, probably when they were going to have the Bad Bunny. Um, when we went to Puerto Rico back in May, and they had the show there, and he was going to host it and all that. That that they made a big deal about, but that also wasn't his first appearance. Cody, of course, they kept him under wraps, so you didn't know nothing about that till WrestleMania when he came up out of the stage. Right. It was just rumor, 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 but not like you know this definite. No, it's real. This is happening. Um. It's interesting to me that they did this for Jade in the respect that outside of AEW, you know, she, she's not known in wrestling anywhere other than just for a, her AEW run. Right. Um, of course, there's all the cosplay stuff she's done in, in, in that world. But do you think a lot of it is just she has such a marketable look that they're just like, this? this is someone that is very social media friendly as far as just in, just seeing her is going to catch eyeballs. Even if you don't know wrestling, she's, you know, very unique looking. Well, that's the thing. I, I, I think it's, it's really more to the point that they made a big deal, but didn't say anything. Mm-hmm. Uh, because I think a lot of people are going to be seeing Jay Cargill for the first time. A lot of people are going to be hearing that name for the first time. And for WWE to come out and, you know, with the press release, you know, the ESPN leak, you know, because obviously they leaked to the ESPN. But, you know, with with that whole thing, it's kind of, to put the machine behind her, basically, is kind of interesting. And I wonder if, and that's what we won't know until the next time it happens, but is it because of her? Or is it because of the TKO? uh, Or, you know, is that a thing just going forward? 
are they looking to hire or assign more high-profile wrestling talent? Uh, you know, who knows? But they don't make a big deal about this, even with their NIL people. It's just more of an internal press release that's that gets put out, you know, traditional channels. This mm-hmm. isn't a, you know, first heard on CBS radio. This isn't a, you know, first talked about on Pat McAfee show. You know, this is kind of a, a thing that, like, they go and legitimize it by, you know, saying that we ESPN broke the news, but this is news to break. The fact that Jay Cargill is breaking news for WWE speaks a lot. And, and of course, it begs the question, if you don't know already, well, who the hell is she? And why is she right. such a big deal? Why is this breaking news? And now people's interest should be piqued. And you know, hopefully, uh, you know, the road to television is a short one. But, you know, but now I think we're all kind of asking the same question. It's just like, well, what now? You know, where is she? Where, you know, you know, when? Yeah, you, you would think if you're making this big of a deal out of the gate, that that would mean there's another shoe to drop very soon. Mm-hmm. That it's not like, oh, okay, she's here. Uh, now she's going to sit for uh, three months in the Performance Center, and maybe you'll see her by the Royal Rumble. But now this this kind of rollout would make me think, you know, the, the train is leaving the station fairly quickly. Could be wrong about that, but yeah. it's just, I don't know. My thinking would be unless they got her in the Performance Center and suddenly they were just completely unhappy with where she was at this moment and are like, you know what? We're so all about you, but we want to do a complete rebuild. We want to tear you down and completely, you know, rebuild your whole, like, you know, your fundamentals and all this. As Which far is probably as- what they're going to do anyway. Yeah. And no, and knowing how they operate, I would think it'd be a while before we actually see her actually wrestle. Cause she doesn't need but, to do that right now. Right now it's just about establishing her as a thing. But compare this to somebody that's like a high profile indie uh, talent, like that came from to WWE, like Johnny Gargano, okay. for example. That was a big deal. Uh, that was a big deal for a lot of reasons. I don't remember ESPN breaking that news. No. Uh-uh. And that's kind of the thing. So I, I think, and, 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 you know, and actually, really, it's smart on WWE to do that because it doesn't even matter that she was in AEW for a time. It doesn't matter that she's only been wrestling for such a short amount of time. It's the fact that they legitimize her out of the gate by having other the traditional media break the news of her signing already puts her in a, in, in the starting block to just hit the ground running. Yeah. And that, that's really smart of WWE to do. Now, obviously, whether or not that comes to fruition, as far as her star power goes, um, we'll have to wait and see. Now, the real question is, because, you know, this is how WWE does. How do you differentiate her from Bianca Belair? Do you mm-hmm. even have to do that? But it, but realistically, you know, can they coexist in the same space? And I say that not because they're two athletic, you know, uh, uh, black women, because Lord knows we can't have two at the, at the same time. People might get confused. But you also don't want to draw the comparisons that we already have a Jay Cargill at home, and she's over there with Montez Ford. So I wonder how that will work out and how they fit Jade into the upper echelon of the women's division, because that's where I think she goes. Mm-hmm. I don't think she just comes in there, teams with Nia Jax for six months, and then, you know, bullies her way into the Royal Rumble. Yeah, you know, I think that they start her off with a program. The elephant in the room. 
has a nightmare factory tattoo. What is Cody's involvement in this? We know that uh-huh. Jade you know, trained with Cody, you know, recruited you know her from into AEW. She says publicly that Cody's are one of the reasons why she's able to, you know, where she wanted to go. You know, so where how does that fit in? Maybe you know, Cody being Cody is able to put her in a position, maybe not necessarily a privilege because we literally don't know where she's going to fit in, but maybe she doesn't have to start from the bottom. Once she gets her orientation done, you know, the gimmick, the merch, the the program, then she'll be at at a level where she gets to come out and challenge Charlotte, Bliss, you know, Bailey, whoever, whoever, whoever. So that'll be interesting to see how that all shakes out and how she's inserted into the women's division. Um, And now, and I know we're, I'm asking a lot of hypotheticals, but I'll I'll end with one more. (laughs) That's what it's all about. That's what everyone's been doing this week. I'll end with one more. Does Jade being inserted into a high profile position in WWE create a, um, a field of vacuum that Sasha Banks left? Or uh. is there room for Banks to come back to WWE, assuming that she's had her taste of Japan? Maybe she's interested in AEW, maybe she's interested in Impact. But if she wants to go back to commanding the most eyes, the most attention, maybe she comes back to WWE. Is there room for her there if that's what she chooses to do? And I, and I wonder, because that is a possibility, you know, you, you know, that is a possibility. I wonder if that is how that shakes out. If she goes, if she flies up to Connecticut and says, how do we make this work? Lots of interesting stuff in there. Okay, so going back to uh, the idea of Jade and Bianca, mm-hmm. do, do you think they need to be put on separate shows to start? That they should not be in each other's orbit for the time being? My gut thinking would be, yes, keep them apart for now. So you're trying to you know not, like, like you said, kind of avoid that comparison right out of the gate. That is a money match, I think, down the road. But it's not, that's nothing that needs to be done right now. Because there's so many options available that I would keep that percolating in the background for down the road. I wouldn't want to go there right away and even have them around each other to where that's already being thought of for the most part, in, in my opinion. Yeah, so that's the thing. Like, I'm going to be biased because it's hard for me to say, is it possible for Jade and Bianca to coexist physically on the same show? Well, hell yeah. I mean, they're not the same person. They're not on the same path. They're not on the same trajectory. Um, and also, just because they're both black doesn't have to mean anything. It shouldn't mean right. it doesn't mean anything. Um, but also, white people. So there's that. You know, uh, you have to play to the audience that you have, and most of them may look at two black folks and go, "No." So <laughs> that is real. I mean, it is what it is. Do I think that they can coexist on the same show? Absolutely. I, th- I do think, though, uh, because Becky Lynch uh, had some comments, and her statements were about the women's division as a whole, basically saying, hey, the reason why I'm going to NXT, the reason why I'm doing all of these things and writing the book and being a mom and all these other things is because we have to fight for every second of TV time that we get, every time that, you know, every, every minute of ring time that we get within the company, because it's not given to us. We have to take it. Right. And I think 
you know, obviously not knowing who or what Jade is going to be in WWE. Because just because you started a different way doesn't mean you're going to end in the same place. Ask Alexa Bliss. It's it's way too early to say that we have to keep person A away from Jade, person B away from Jade because of the fact that we don't know what she's going to do there. Realistically, we don't even know if she's just going to go to NXT. Yeah, not that, that, that could be a starting be, point. For all we know, it could be. Yeah, not that not that that's not even like, you know, a detriment in, in a sense like, oh, well, she's going to NXT because she's not ready. That's not even a matter of that. It, it really is to the point, you know, where this is where you throw stuff at the wall. I would rather her fail in NXT and try, start over than have to be taken off of the main roster and come back next year. So... I wouldn't worry. I'm not particularly concerned about who, uh, about where she fits into the roster. I'm more of, of concerned with where she fits into the division. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the first program she has will be interesting. Um, my thinking is she's going to the main roster. Is my thinking, and my guess is in her off days they'll have her working it down at the performance center to be like, okay, we're going to get you up to speed on how we do things. But you know she doesn't have to have a first match for a while the, the first like hell month and a half will probably just be a lot of her just showing up and meet, you know, showing up, cutting some promos, just being Jade and familiarizing the audience with just who Jade Cargill is. Cause there's a lot they can do there just to, you know, slowly introduce her to their audience, which is her entire look and everything. Or she could be a hit row. <laughs> you never, you never know. I, you never know. I mean, you, you know, never know. know. You know, because we definitely have a higher than most opinion of her and, and the and the potential. Because in AEW, you know, and they Lord knows they have their issues, especially with the women's division. But we kind of saw the potential. And and you know, we saw it, yeah, try as she might to get organically get things over with the crowd within the uh, within the division. And you know, it didn't necessarily work out. But now that she's at WWE. And it's not just the machine. It's not just the platform uh, because they have similar issues as well. We haven't been talking about the women of WWE by and large because so much of the time has been vacuumed by Judgment Day and the bloodline. Mm-hmm. Where do the women fit in? Right. So, and even though Raw is 17 hours long, it is still the point where most of the shows are about the bloodline and Judgment Day. And granted, you got to play the hot hand and those things were, those things are hot. But now that we're in kind of this post-Bloodline pause and this Judgment Day simmer, because you know, we're kind of in this law period between SummerSlam and the Royal Rumble, is this a better time to debut Jade, or do you wait till WrestleMania? Nah, do it now. Now, while, while things aren't so crazy, while you're not trying to get all kinds of stuff going on, you want to debut her now, so by the time you get to Rumble season, everyone knows who she is. She's interacted with people. You know, she's up and running, and hopefully, if everything goes well, she's run at full speed by then, and you're already thinking, okay, how do we plug her into WrestleMania in a big way to have her first big WrestleMania moment on one of those nights in Philadelphia? This timing wise, I think this is a perfect time. This fall, like, you know, interlude here, like you said before, Rumble to like introduce her. And there's not a lot of pressure right now to be like, oh my God, we got to get her involved in something right away. We got to figure out the Rumble. It's like, no, you got three months till then. So just get her in front of people right now and get people familiar with her. One more question since you mentioned Cody earlier. 
mm-hmm. we were talking about the way this was rolled out media wise. This is something that jumped out at me about the presentation they did between the ESPN deal, the social media takeover, how you know, day one, they were all in on her as far as like a public presentation of her sure. out of the gate. To me, that felt very calculated in the extent of like, much like how Cody showed up at WrestleMania and showed up as AEW Cody Rhodes with the music. And it was immediately, you know, established as he is a main eventer here. He's not, you know, starting down here. He's immediately in our top mix. Going to be the face of Monday nights and all this on raw when he showed up at WrestleMania, the way Jade was shot right out of the gate as such a big deal with all that presentation to me felt like they're putting the word out. Hey, you come aboard with us. This could be what you have waiting for you. And I'm looking at Cody. Like you said, we know her and Cody are close. I'm thinking of Cody's other kids that are back in Jacksonville. The Ricky Starks. The, uh, of course, MJF always comes up. Now, who else we got down there? That was his his crew. His crew of people that we know he was close to. Oh, like, well, um, well, Sammy. Uh, Sammy right, Lamar. Right. Um, you know, Friedman. Um uh, obviously, you know, QT, uh, you right, know, my hero. Right. Um, <laughs> and I mean, for Cody, that may be about it. That may be about it, uh, because the rest are young bucks marks and that's right, fine right. too. But still, um, you know, there, there definitely is a room for Cody's influence to, you know, Ricky Starks is another one. That's a Starks is the one that jumps out at me. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I could that that just it, it's very similar to Jade in the respect that so much of him is just the presentation and the right. over the top, you know, all that. So it's like he's the other one I see as like a really good fit that, that I could see them being like, This is a big signing for us. This is a big deal. We have absolute Ricky Sharks, you know, where the, they go out of their way like this on something yeah. like that. I don't know. It just to me, it just felt like they want the word out that, hey, you come here. Oh, ESPN's going to, we're not going to say you signed. ESPN's going to announce you signed. Right. You might take over our social media for the day. Like right out of the gate, there will be an investment in making you into not just a superstar, but telling people that you're a superstar. That That's something that came up is this idea that, you know, it's one thing to be like a gigantic star. It's another thing to be promoted as one. And that's what goes a long way with the folks that don't know who you are. If they hear that, you know, Hey, this person's a big deal. Look at this here. Check this out. Check this out. You see why they're a big deal. A lot of people just need to be told you're a big deal, and that makes you a big deal to them. So yeah. I don't know. It was very calculated in my mind. But I don't know. I don't what it's gonna be interesting. I'm curious to see if there's anything on their television about it. There was nothing on NXT. SmackDown's tomorrow night. So, you know, not that I'm saying they're necessarily gonna have her show up like right away, but even if they just allude to, you know, the social media blitz and like, you know, as reported by ESPN, you know, blah, blah, blah. That That's I, what I'm kind of looking for. I, I think they can definitely do, you know, something small uh, like that, but because for the people that don't, you know, follow uh, things on social media, right. And it would make sense for them to do so because of how much of an impact on social media that they uh, took the time to go ahead and, you know, put that word out there repeatedly. Why not just bring it all full circle and have a quick mention, you know, quick hitter on uh, TV about it. But it, it will be interesting to see what happens. And that got me thinking about other people in AEW specifically, but other people in general that have the WWE look. Um, 
not necessarily that they need to wrestle or be this technical, you know, prof- technically proficient wrestler. They just need to have the WWE style gimmick. Ricky Starks is that guy. You know, Max Friedman is that guy. Jade is that lady. Wardlow comes to mind. Mm-hmm. And considering how much AEW has really just fumbled Wardlow's uh, trajectory, it makes you wonder. Uh, just a quick question: Who do you think is a bigger disappointment, Jade in AEW or Wardlow in AEW? And I'm not sure who I think that answer is. There's the way those two worked out. It's different for both of them because Jade from the jump, we were like, "Oh my god." This is the most easiest person to market. She should be all over the place. Just look at her. You know, it's not so much about the matches. It's about her being Jade Cargill that, and just being a gigantic star and having the look she has and just how she should have been just promoted all over the place. You know, like we've joked about, we've talked about the whole idea of like, you know, why was she not on the red carpet at the Barbie premiere when it was a WB thing? That's always going to jump out stuff like that, where it's like, she should have been all over the place being promoted to the outside as a big deal. Wardlow, on the other hand, he got so much momentum over the course of, you know, the whole Powerbomb Symphony thing and the association with MJF. And for Wardlow, it would have been more about the wrestling side and him being a wrestling character. He wasn't going to be the guy right out of the gate, I think, that you promote as like an outside thing like Jade would have been. But he should have been more of a meat and potatoes thing for Tony with, you know, this is the wrestling guy for your wrestling shows that, you know, he, he could be your Batista. He could be something like that, where he's like your big power guy that just comes out there and wrecks people, your Goldberg type. And he went so far with it and like did the MJF thing. And then once the MJF thing happened, it, just, it evaporated. And, it, and injuries are not, you know, you still keep, you keep people around at least and have them have a right. presence instead right. of just disappearing into a vacuum. And that's what happened, though. It just f- fell off the face of the earth. Yep. So that's why I said, like, because it, yes, the trajectories were uh, similar, but the methodology was different. Yeah. Uh, Jade started sixty and zero, or you know, sixty and uh, wound up being sixty and one. Yeah. You know, but then re- remember when she started and how exciting it was to okay, well, please lose the belt. I mean, let's pick a good round number so that you can lose the belt and move on. Uh, let's just get, get that loss out of the way. Let's just get that first loss out of the way and get it going. So that was a stark difference from where she started and where she finished. Wardlow was so, uh, so, uh, almost not necessarily the reverse, but it was like they built a two-year-long storyline, paid it off in the most bass-ackwards way, and then we haven't seen Wardlow since in a meaningful way. Um, They did a thing where he cut his hair, and then he's been hit or miss ever since. And it's kind of like not necessarily who fell farthest, but it is like, how do you fumble both of those? Yeah, how do we, how do we get here? Yeah, for um, completely different reasons in each case. Exactly, but the same result where you have untapped potential to the moon. Oh nope, didn't we didn't get there? Uh, either way, that notwithstanding, I, I think Jade will uh, should do well in WWE. Uh, I, I obviously we will be watching her closely. Can't wait for her to debut. Um, it will be interesting to see how much leeway they give her. We've seen the creative side of Jade and her ability to not just improv, but come up with things to advance her character, whether or not they worked, whether or not they um, 
were given the full back and the management is a different problem, but it will be interesting to see where the, what that methodology looks like because you have Jade and she does have a voice and a brand onto herself that she's able to market. But how does that fit into the WWE system? Uh, right. It'd be interesting to see who helps mold her into the, be the WWE character that she's going to be um, and, and what that looks like going forward. I really hope that she's just not the stereotypical, uh, you know, black, you know, aggressive, you know, just boss bitch that's just going to like we've seen that with, with Sasha Banks. You know, I don't I don't need another Sasha Banks. Um, I don't need another Bianca Belair. I don't need another Jacqueline. I don't need another Jazz. They're all great by themselves. I want to see the first Jade and not yes. the second um, or third Terry Runnels or or the second or third or, you know, uh, Mula or, or whoever. I don't want her to be the Black China. So I, I hope that it goes well and uh, we'll have to wait and see what happens. There we go. Stay tuned, folks. Things are happening. Jade Cargill with WWE. And hey, like we said in the beginning, who knows if the name might change? You never know. I figure until until we see her on TV, I figure everything is up in the air and could possibly change. Social media blitz or not, but we'll see. We will see what happens. Interesting times lie ahead. We are going to go to our mid-show break. When we come back, we're going to talk about this Eddie Kingston interview and the state of kayfabe and wrestling and whether it can be revived. And then after that, we will get into the shows this weekend because we got Wrestle Dream from AEW happening in Seattle. And we have NXT No Mercy heading out in uh, California this weekend. So we got shows to look into to see what stands out on there and all kinds of stuff happening in the second half of our show. So stay with us, folks. Your Big Gold Belt Wrestling Podcast will be back right after this are you a fan of all things media are you a fan of professional wrestling and sports then you need to check out big gold belt media we're the ultimate destination for all things entertainment and media with the latest news interviews and analysis from the world of the aforementioned entertainment realm our team of dedicated journalists and analysts will bring you exclusive content that you're not going to find anywhere else and we're not just an online destination we attend live events, conventions, bringing you behind-the-scenes access and exclusive content that you're not going to find anywhere else. Plus, you can show your support for our brand by subscribing to our Patreon, patreon.com slash biggoldbelt. Join the Big Gold Belt media community today and stay ahead of the game. Follow us on all our social media platforms at Big Gold Belt for the latest updates and exclusive content. Whether you're a diehard wrestling, sports, nerd culture fan, or just a casual like some people, Big Gold Belt Media has everything you're going to need to stay informed and entertained. So what are you waiting for? Check us out today at BigGoldBelt.com. That's BigGoldBelt.com. Thanks for being here with us, folks, tonight. Will and Jamal here with you tonight on the Big Gold Belt Wrestling Podcast. We're so glad you're here with us. And there was some interesting interviews going on this week with the new ROH champion, Eddie Kingston. So I'm going to throw it over to Jamal because you saw this interview and he had some interesting thoughts on uh, the current state of wrestling and that old word kayfabe that uh, always has a had special meaning. And he has probably a kind of different meaning in modern wrestling than it used to back in the day. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I, I want to read a little bit of this article uh, that I found on uh, Yahoo News, uh, but it's from at Free Shows and 
Kingston was a guest on on that show, and and they were talking about the state of the wrestling business. Now Terry Funk, uh, who had said recently before he passed that uh, the wrestling business was going backwards, and that it eventually it was going to circle back to a more kayfabe style business. And Kingston agreed with that assessment, and he said, and I quote. I think the business is going backwards in a sense of you guys, the fans, you know everything already. You know the magic. You know this bookers. It's all been exposed now. And I was a fan at the time where it was being exposed and I was into it. So because we had never seen that before. Okay, cool. Um, continuing on. And he compares it to the Marvel Cinematic Universe. And, he, and I quote, and I put it in this sense, the Marvel movies, they're, whether they're good or bad. And there's been a lot of bad lately, right? They still make millions to billions of dollars. Now, imagine and I'll use this example. If Captain America stopped in the middle of the effing movie and said, hey, I didn't really kick that guy's ass. We're going to go out later. I respect the shit out of him. He's a stuntman. And then they go back and then they say, OK, and then they go back to the action. That would totally ruin it. Right. So I agree with that assessment where you have to be able to suspend disbelief. Mm -hmm. However, it's interesting that it happens in wrestling and not movies. It's interesting that people can go into a movie no matter what the movie is or whatever what it's about and be transported to that time and know good and damn well that they're not that they're not looking at the people that are act being portrayed they're looking at a movie but in wrestling it's to the point where you go these aren't the best working punches or oh that was a botch or whatever it was and i wonder why people do that because it's the same thing spiritually in wrestling and movies. It's just a live action um, play, you know, for jocks. That's what wrestling is. It's, it's just theater <laughs> for jocks. So, yes, uh, the business is is overexposed currently. And I do think that we're kind of like a, a pendulum swinging. It's going to swing this way to one extreme, and that's super overexposed. And then it's going to swing back the other way to where kayfabe, it will rule the day again. I, at least that's what I hope happens. Um, I think, think you can just have people know the magic trick and how the trick works and then go, boo, you didn't do it the way I wanted you to. And that's what happens every time a thing happens. We're going to talk about the two two big pay-per-views that are coming up, uh, you know, Wrestle Dream and and no mercy, and we're going to talk about them, but we don't necessarily need to know what the finishes are. Right. We don't necessarily need to know what the production looks like. It's just like, hey, this is a match that I want to see happen. This is a uh, guy that I want to win because that's my guy. I don't necessarily need to know the nuts and bolts, and I don't need to know how the sauce is made. So, personally. I do find myself looking at a lot less wrestling media, mm -hmm. looking at a lot you know, less um, news and more just content, like guys like us and, and other podcasts that just sit down and have that conversation because the conversation is what's it's fun. That's why we do this, um, because we want to have a conversation about wrestling. But does it have to be, <clears throat> well, this doesn't logically make sense because we're going to fantasy book ourselves into oblivion? That's where you lose me. Right. And I think and I hope that more people take a hands-off approach and just let the story unfold 
for better or worse. And and I think Kingston's on to something. Um, and but then again, there is the other side of it. Uh, COVID put us put us in the box for two and a half years, so we didn't have a choice but to be online. You know, ingesting every bit of the business that we could online. So that kind of blew up a lot of people's spots, you know, and now we have people rely on the news clips and the information and the spoilers and stuff like that. Um, It's just a part of the game. Now you can't run a tape show anymore. But help as soon as dynamite's done every Wednesday, what's going to happen on rampage. It's all out there immediately. Right. Right. And for those intrepid enough that want to know, they're going to find out. And that's just part of the thing that you have to consider. So I don't think people are going to take it upon themselves to go, yeah, I don't want too much of this. You know, gluttony is a bad thing. And I'm just going to back off. I think, you know, people are going to, if it's, if it's on the table, people are going to eat it. Right. And just what it is. That's why you're a fan. You know, you want more of the thing. Right. For, for the people that are the most obsessive, and the most just like, you know, down that rabbit hole and just, you know, online constantly. I think, I don't know how you revive kayfabe for them, but I think in a lot of ways also, they're the people who probably want it the most. They just don't want to admit it because they'll always, they're held. I saw it this week. I saw it this week when the Jade announcement happened. One of the reactions I saw to the Jade announcement was, why did they do this? It should have been a surprise. And it's like, okay, so you wanted to be worked. You didn't want the, you want her just to show up, even though, you know, you're online clearly and the word's all out there and you, you're you expecting it and you're hoping for it. But because it was handled this way, you didn't like it. You wanted to be, you know, she just shows up like Jericho showing up on Raw back in the day for the first time where it's, you know, it's, he's probably coming. Everyone's talking like he's coming. We know he's not on WCW anymore. We know she's not on AEW anymore. But until it happens, you know, or, or, or a surprise in the Royal Rumble, it's like the folks who are, I think are most on that rabbit hole, they want this, but also I always get the feeling that it's very important to them that they want to know what's up and they want to be right. It's very important that they're right about that They knew something that the other people didn't know. So they can point to, I knew that I knew about this. I told you this was going to happen. I told you Jade was showing up in yeah. WWE. I t- told you she was going to show up at uh, the Survivor Series in Chicago. You know, it specifically has to be their version of things. Like we said, if you have fantasy booking stuff, you know, into oblivion. And then when it's not the fantasy booking, then they're not happy with it. And it's like, no, you, you set up your, like we've talked about this before. People set up expectations for themselves that are just completely made up in their head. They have nothing to do with what's going on with anything. And it's just, oh, I, I fantasy booked this and that's how it should be done. That's yeah, how it pretty, be done. pretty much. And that's, uh, a byproduct of, of of the internet culture that we live in because of the fact that we get to see so much of it and now we get to say, well, hell, I could have done that better. Right. I mean, that's, you know, that, that just is what it is. I mean, but I also think that if you are of a particular age, um, you may not even know what cafe really feels like because, you know, we, you know, call those damn 900 numbers Right. To hear Gene Okerlund tell us, you know, uh, you know, the, the news, um, All right. or wherever it was back before cell phones were a thing and long distance calling was, you know, obscene. Um, you know, I don't, I don't know, I mean, you, but I definitely remember the feeling of it being 
11.02 and wondering, uh-oh, we got two extra minutes of Nitro. This has just set my entire week on fire because, my God. Or seeing Shane McMahon show up, you know, in Panama City while he's in Cleveland. Right. Uh, you know, for the first time. Like, like there's, there's just certain things that require a surprise. A friend of mine, a friend of mine similarly related, uh, we... She went to a concert recently for a band that she knows and loves. Haven't seen them for the first time in a while. And one of the things that they that the uh, the venue did was make people lock up their cell phones. They put them in uh, a, a key. They gave them a key for the bag, and the bag was with security. You okay. kept the key until the show was over, but your cell phone is not on your person. Okay. Part to protect uh, to protect piracy for the uh, for the product, so that you can't just upload it to TikTok and Twitter and everything like that. Also, partly because enjoy the show, right? Enjoy, enjoy the, the moment. show yeah. in the moment, you know, with you, not behind a screen. Enjoy the moment behind, with your own eyes. And though she was annoyed that she couldn't share her feelings with friends, you know, loved ones, and well wishers in the moment. She understood and heard songs and felt, you know, that way for the first time in a long time because it wasn't just about it was about the show. It wasn't about capturing the show. Mm -hmm. And I think that a lot of people that don't really haven't really experienced kayfabe at all because they just run to the Internet and get opinions and sit in their echo chambers on Discord and then pat each other on the back. It, it's, it's really it's a, it is a disconnect. You know, you're more involved, but you're less connected to the product, which is why we have so many jaded fans now, which is why questions like can Jade and Bianca Belair be on the same show? Well, why not? They're telling I mean, we're waiting for them to tell us the story, not right. the other way around. Anything's possible. But now we're kind of speculating and shooting down ideas of what's possible based on how the crowd's going to react. The hell with that. We... I'm waiting for the story to develop, not necessarily waiting for me to critique the story that hasn't developed. And that's, we see a lot of that too. So the simple question that you see scrolling at the bottom of your screen is, can kayfabe be revived? And that's the, I don't know. I don't, I don't foresee a generation because every day we get older, another generation gets older behind us that hasn't, had kayfabe at all they've only grown up on the internet with the podcast with the youtube with the uh the dirt sheets and that's the world that they know we're old enough to see both sides of it which is why i'm glad i'm old right now <laughs> no I mean, seriously because yeah, we got to enjoy kids, it because the kids don't know they just yeah. don't understand what it's like to not know that something magical is going to happen I think kayfabe will be revived out of necessity because of the fact that people will have to turn um, have to turn it off and say, I just want to go in blind. Yeah. The closest thing we've had, and it's probably the in the modern day, is probably the closest thing it can be, is you can have moments that are kayfabe that are kept secret. And hell, we just had a couple recent ones with The Rock showing up on SmackDown. Which mm -hmm. no one knew that was coming. It just, you know, he did some media that afternoon, but there was no, you know, no one knew his rocks had show up on the beginning of SmackDown. And boom, right. he showed up. A couple months before that, John Cena shows up at Money in the Bank in London to pitch WrestleMania over in Europe. And no one saw that coming. 
I think back to another one involving John Cena. When John Cena returned at the Royal Rumble years ago from injury, like months earlier than anyone ever expected. And to this day, my wife will always say, she's like, all the she's, as long as I've known you, as long as I've been around you watching wrestling, that is the most surprised I've ever seen you when I've been around was when John Cena returned at the Royal Rumble because it was on none of our radars because he had tore biceps. He's going to be out like six, six, seven more months. And Cena shows up looking like he man. It's you can have those moments that are pure and are, you know, are true surprise. It can be like kayfabe, but day in and day out. I, I don't know how you put that toothpaste back in the tube, you know, in modern times. It's unfortunate. Yeah, it is. Um, but but that's why I think like I, I you know uh, the iPhone just came Apple just came out with the um, with the new update for the iPhone mm-hmm. and and get this brand new invention never never happened before you can actually see a voicemail and pick up the phone during the middle of the voicemail as the person's leaving it like an answering machine <laughs> that we had twenty years ago right right right. So I think that a lot of things, if the, if the necessity breeds it, um, you know, the old way will come back. You know, they may not remember or know that this was the old way, but I think that everything old is new again, which is old again. So will kayfabe come back? Maybe not in our lifetime, but I do think that in um, there will be a time where people are just so oversaturated that they have to pull pull back. Um, but before we do that, let's fantasy book Wrestle Dream. Right. <laughs> there you go. Yes, let's switch gears because we got shows this weekend. Double shows between AEW and NXT. That the AEW just nonstop uh, pay per views because this is now what the third one in like yeah we had the we had the double ones at the end of August. Yeah, you had the double pay per view at the end of um our August September, and now and we then have a this. month later you have a uh, Wrestle Dream. And yeah. then a month after that, you have a uh, full gear. Yeah. Just boom, 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 boom. 50 bucks a pop, pay up yeah. and uh, get ready. But yeah, this weekend will be a AEW Wrestle Dream first time ever from Seattle. This show is going down. Let me pull the card up here. So here's mm-hmm. what we're looking at. Here's what we're looking at for Wrestle Dream. We have a uh, main event is going to be the dream match for some folks of Brian Danielson versus Zack Sabre Jr. I think the wild card here, of course, is just kind of what shape Danielson's in with his uh, arm injury. Supposedly he's cleared and good to go, but that's uh, the promoted main event. We're not promoting a title match as the main event. Run down the rest of the card here, and then we can talk about what stands out to us. We got Hangman Adam Page versus Swerve Strickland, which closed out Dynamite. Yep, closed out Dynamite last night with contract signing for that. FTR versus Aussie Open for the uh, AEW World Tag Titles. MJF versus the Righteous was supposed to be MJF and Adam Cole versus the Righteous for the ROH tag titles, but Adam Cole's ankle is shattered in three spots, supposedly, from that uh, jumping off the ramp last week. So bad timing there, and right now that is promoted as a handicap match. Uh, Six-man tag, Jericho and the Golden Elite, Kenny Omega and Kota Ibushi versus the Don Callis family of... I always mess this up. (laughs) Konosuke Takeshita. Konosuke Takeshita. For some reason, I always want to do the syllables differently. Well, Sammy Guevara yeah, and Will Ospreay is sure. the our lineup there. Uh, Christian Cage versus Darby Allen in another match. There will be a local interest because of Darby up there. Hometown in the boy. Northwest. 
Eddie Kingston versus Katsuyori Shibata for the ROH title and that New Japan Strong title. Uh, our one women's match, Chris Statlander versus Julia Hart for the well, TBS man. championship. <laughs> Almost done. Here we go. Four-way tag team match for the AEW world tag titles. Uh, Young Bucks versus uh, the Guns versus Lucha Brothers versus Orange Cassidy and Hook. And last but not least, Ricky Starks versus Wheeler Yuta. That's 10 matches so far. You know how AEW is? They love to pack the shows yeah. deep and I, hell, I wouldn't be surprised if there's a couple more matches thrown on between now and yeah well, they still have collision they still have rampage they can definitely stack on some stuff <laughs> uh some, a, pre, a pre-show match or two yeah what stands out to you on there as a uh, got the most interest for you what stands out to me is, is the biggest thing is that this does this theme uh wrestle dream doesn't really seem to be reflective of the card yeah, it's I supposed to be like an Antonio Inoki tribute show, which I think had people thinking it would be heavy New Japan involvement. But it's like outside of Shibata, it's like, yeah, there's a right. What what, what exactly is the deal here? Well, even still, like, yeah, I, I vaguely remember them saying that this is an Inoki, um, you know, tribute show because he uh, passed away on October first, I believe. Mm-hmm. So does that mean that the show will be every year on October first, or? Is it on October 1st this year because it just happens to be a Sunday? Um, that's one thing. Uh, the second thing is, is that though it's the Anoki tribute show, I'm not really seeing any of the matches reflect him or, you know, anything like that. I'm not, you it know. It looks like a regular card. It looks like, a, yeah, it looks like an AEW show. Um, you know, sprinkling in some New Japan here and there because of their relationship. But, you know, okay. Um, and and I think that for it to be called Wrestle Dream. And yes, uh, you know, Brian versus Zack Sabre Jr. may be of the dream match that some people need and want, and that's fine. I'm not really, it's not like they have a card full of dream matches. I don't know how many of these matches are uh, first time ever, but it doesn't really feel like this lives up to the name. And, and, and to be quite honest with you, and maybe this is just me, Wrestle Dream sounds like a Tokyo Joshi Pro show. I was really ex- I didn't know what it was at first, right? Up until a couple weeks ago, and I'm thinking Wrestle Dream, like, oh, well, it's going to be you know uh, a crazy Japanese um, style show, and it doesn't really feel that way. It just feels like a regular AEW pay per view. Yeah, looking at that card, I mean, I would think this is like this could be the card for full gear, and I, I right? Would, well, well, I don't see what separates it apart. Other than, you know, okay, Shibata's on there. That's cool. And okay, uh, Kota Ibushi's on there. But it's not like we haven't been seeing those guys on a, on a regular basis lately. It's right. not like they're coming in exclusively for this show. So, yeah, this yeah. doesn't scream like, um, this doesn't scream, uh, you know, tentpole dream match event that you need to. Th- this doesn't feel like the Wrestle Kingdom, where no matter where January 4th is on, mm-hmm. you need to be. Wrestle Kingdom. This doesn't. No, it doesn't like even that. feel like Forbidden Door. Now it's just a couple months ago. Right. You know? Right. As far as like something that's supposed to have you know have that extra spice to it, have that extra you know outside involvement. It's I don't right. know. I don't know if there was a different plan for this, and you know, there's some 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 cards have been dealt between people leaving and injuries because I mean, Lord knows that whole MJF thing now. MJF and the Righteous now with Adam Cole hurt. I mean that. I'm sure there was a lot more planned there. I know there's been a lot of talk from people like, why the hell is the righteous getting a title shot on pay-per-view? But 
why why are why are two uh, Ring of Honor championships being defended on an AEW pay per view? Yeah, it's it's a real interesting. I mean, I'm sure it'll be a fine show. I I again always will go back to I don't know about paying fifty bucks for this. You right. put it on a streaming service and it's part of subscription. I got no problem with it. But to me, this is not a fifty dollars show, especially with you know Danielson and Zack Saber. I'm I'm torn on that one because I just. It seems like Brian Danielson lately, it's like either everything works or like, you know, it ends up something like the Okada match. So there'll be a freak injury or something. I just, it'll probably be fine. But also, I I would have been more excited about it five years ago. Every, everything with like Danielson, I'm just endeavor. It doesn't hit me like it used to anymore. So, well, I, I think possibly that's because we know that he's old. Yeah. He's saying he's like, you know, he's, he's trying, he's trying to check dream matches off the list, you know, right. over the next year, which is, which is why like, well, for Brian specifically, if you know that this is the last hurrah, then just bill it as the last hurrah. He can be like the Eagles. Just go on like your, your you know, third like or farewell fourth tour. farewell tour. Yeah. Um, like Eagles or the Rolling Stones or Kiss or whatever, just going like 17 years of road of farewell tours and, and just be done with it. There's there's nothing wrong with um actually set a date right now and just say that my last match will be in Seattle next year at this event. Yeah, next year's forbidden door, double or nothing, whatever. Or hell. Yeah. Right. We're 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 gonna we're gonna book it, it's gonna be in Seattle. This is going to be my last match, and I need to. They did it. They did it with the Rock and John Cena. We already know what it's what the match is going to be. We just got to wait a year to get there. They can do the same thing with Brian. Have him go out and and, and you know and have him do that. But with Brian, especially because he's been injured, especially because of his history of injuries, uh, a lot of people that have a more personal feeling for affinity for him are like, I can't take this old man going out there with nothing to prove and risking it all for, for what? And that's kind of the thing, too. What, other than the spirit of competition, do we need Daniel or Brian Danielson out there risking it all? Well, yeah, and, and okay, say he beat Zack Sabre Jr. And, I mean, there's, there's, right. there's it's just, it's a match. Right. It's a match. And that's, that's part of it, though, because there's, there's, no, there's no stakes for us. Now, for him, it's a dream match. This is what he wants to do to prove to himself that he's up there with whoever, you well, know. It's, it's the definition of an exhibition match. He wants to go over there, roll around with a Zack Sabre Jr. It's almost like, you know, if they were going to have like a scrimmage, you know, during a, during training or something. And that's yeah. cool. And that's all fine and good. But I don't know. Where's the extra sizzle? Where, where's the extra spice to it? It's just well, I mean, okay. it's hard to add that because there's really no stakes for us. Yeah, like because he's not winning, he's not vying for a championship, or he's not trying to get his thousandth win, or he's not trying to do this. Like, there's no stakes in it for us. This is a personal thing for him. It's not even about us. He yeah. knows that he's going to retire, you know, soon, uh, you know, imminently to soon. Uh, he knows that he has a list that he wants to check off and and get that done before he retires. So what's in it for us? And for us, you know, eh. and that's kind of why it feels not necessarily deflating, but it is more to the point of like, well, cool. It's just missing something. It's, it's missing, missing something. something. Yeah. 
Yeah. Well, it's one of the things I'm, for the folks that are into it. And Lord knows I got a couple friends who are like, right the, right the, like, oh my God, he's going to wrestle Zack Sabre Jr. And I was like, okay, that's cool. Yeah. For, you know, some folks, they don't need anything else. It's just right. that is that is enough for them. For for that audience, more power to you. I'm sure you'll eat it all up. So it'll be all, I'm, I'm sure it'll be a fine show. I mean, their, their shows are always, you know, I, I can't think of AEW pay-per-view that's been bad. They're, you know, they'll be, it'll be fine. It'll yeah. be fine. It's just, I'm not sure what Wrestle Dream is supposed to be. For that's that's a, really a, a new thing. property. That's the thing. I mean, this is a new property for them. So, yeah. on the flip side of the coin, let's switch gears now to NXT No Mercy, which will be a definitely a shorter show on a Saturday night. So here on No Mercy, we have. Let's see. Oh, this is all out of order. Why? Who, who did this layout here? So the NXT title match is Carmelo Hayes against Ilya Dragunov, which has been a, a solid program they've been doing on NXT for a while now. I'm sure. Okay. I'm sure that'll be crazy. Let's see what else we have. Braun Breaker versus Baron Corbin. They had a hell of a brawl this week on NXT. We have the NXT Women's Championship and an Extreme Rules match. Becky Lynch, who currently has the belt since she's been going down there doing double duty on Raw against Tiffany Stratton. Since they've been have Becky working with everybody. We also have uh, Dominic Mysterio, Dirty Dom of the Judgment Day, or North American champion, defending against Trick Williams. And let's see, there's a big tag match here. Fatal four-way tag match for the NXT tag titles. Uh, the family, that's Tony D'Angelo and Channing Stax Lorenzo versus OTM, Lucy and Price and Bronco Nima versus the Creed Brothers. I guess can't forget about the Creeds. And then Los Lotharios, Humberto Carrillo and Angel Garza. And they got one other ladies match on the card with uh, Blair Davenport versus Kelani Jordan. So a seven-match show. From NXT that will yeah, be going on on Saturday, and there's um, the um, uh, the uh, Heritage Cup finals. Oh, for the Heritage Cup, that's right. That's the uh, Butchina Gnome Dar. Yeah, yes. Forgot about the Heritage Cup. This lineup was out of order, so I was having to jump around on it all over the place. Um, there's some there is some stuff on here that uh has you know some probably some classic NXT takeover old school potential. Uh. Carmelo and Ilya Dragunov. I can't imagine that being anything short of like just just ridiculous. Problem. And of course, the ex, the extra sizzle is that it's for the NXT Championship, right? All the marbles are on the line. Ilya yeah. is way over right now. Uh, I always like, of course, this show's gonna be in California. It's gonna be in Bakersfield, so it's always good to see this new generation of NXT outside of Orlando. To yes. see them in front of a real crowd in a different building. So that's big. I mean, Becky and Tiffany Stratton had a hell of a title match just a couple weeks ago. And Becky won the belts. So I'm excited to see them run that back. And oh, Extra Sizzle, they're adding Extreme Rules stick to it. So right. it's not just going to be the same match that happened last time. Um, I think the biggest thing that jumps at me outside of that is there's a lot of new faces in the mix. It's not the same faces we've seen all the time. We got... We got Noam Dar in there. We got Blair Davenport in there. We got Kalani Jordan in there. We got Tony Giangelo in there, who hasn't been on every darn pay per view. We got uh, these new guys, Lucian Price and Bronco Nima. There's, you know, it's not the same darn faces that are being on every NXT show these days. They're purposely putting new people in the mix. So I like, I like that. There's some people who they're gonna have like probably their biggest match they've ever had here. Now, uh, wouldn't it be, Saturday. wouldn't it be the damnedest thing if? I don't know. Jay Cargill made an appearance just after the Becky Lynch versus Tiffany Stratton match. Regardless, I who wouldn't wins. be shocked. Regardless of who wins, yeah, makes all the sense in the world to me. 
Why not have her show up? Why not have her just just come up, just stand at the top of the ramp, look imposing. If Lynch wins, I'll see you on Raw. If Tiffany wins, we'll see you on Tuesday. Yeah, why not? Hell, why not? especially with the, with a the, with the deal that Becky's the champ right now. So there is main roster involvement on this show. Yeah. It's not just anyway, it's not just a strict NXT show. So we have Becky and we also have Dominic Mysterio on there holding NXT gold currently. So yeah, I I almost like the idea of uh have a uh, Jade do that on every show over the next week. Have her show up on NXT, maybe have NXT be the first one, have her show up on Raw, do it again, have her show up on SmackDown, do it again. Hell, do the whole deal with her right now. We're like, you don't know what brand she's going to. Right. Hell, you can do a bidding war angle to get her. Make that part of her story that, you know, there's she's she's such a hot property. She's such a hot deal that everybody wants her. Where is she going to end up? Maybe you do that out of the gate. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, there, there's, a, there's a lot of different ways to introduce her. So, uh, but only one time to make a first impression. So uh, that's going to be the most important thing. There you go. Yeah. No mercy is looking like. That's looking like a solid show to me. And hell, they've already announced uh, next uh, NXT big show will be, you'll love this. What? They are going back to Bridgeport. Yeah. <laughs> back to Bridgeport in December. We will be getting NXT TakeOver Bridgeport. I might two. need to be there for that. <laughs> it will happen again in December. It's on the books. Shawn Michaels said it today. Two right. James was on there for the press conference. So right. that like will that. be the next big one after this. But I like that. I don't know. Any other little thing? We're at our hour. I mean, we've hit all our main topics that we were looking to hit tonight. So. Yeah, I mean, we, we did, and there are some other tidbits. But honestly, let's just that's they're they're so far down the rumor mill. Uh, let's just wait and see what happens because you know, Wrestle Dream is happening this weekend, October first. Will Edge show up? Right. You know, maybe. Maybe. Maybe not. Maybe not. So that's that's a whole that's a whole different bag of uh, can of worms that I don't want to really want to open because. I don't want it to happen, but it's going to be interesting to see, you know, if that does happen, what his name is. And, the, oh, you know, will Edge be the Jay Cargill of, of AEW? Um, <laughs> I don't know. We compared and contrasted that two episodes ago when we talked about Jade Cummins. So, folks, if you want our take on Edge and AEW, it's in the archives. I think it's two episodes back where we broke down that rumor about was Jade coming to WWE and is Edge going to AEW and if it's a trade scenario. So, we have discussed that, and maybe next week we'll be talking about it's official for Edge. But tonight, it was official for Jade here on your Big Gold Belt Wrestling Podcast. So thanks for being with us here, folks. Thursday nights, 8 p.m., we are here each and every week streaming live on Twitch, YouTube, you name it. Podcast version drops the next day on Friday on all your favorite podcast platforms. Video feed lives on on YouTube, so if you're looking to get the video later, it is there on YouTube for you if you missed it live on 8 p.m. on Thursdays. In the meantime, you can check out Big Gold Belt on all your social medias at Big Gold Belt, like it says down there in the corner of the screen, whether it's X slash Twitter, Instagram, you name it, at Big Gold Belt has all of it. And of course, BigGoldBelt.com, wrestling, movies, comics, and more. I am tongue-tied this week, so that means it's probably time for us to go. So thanks for being with us, folks. We will see you next week at 8 p.m., and until then, watch some wrestling this weekend, and we will talk to you later.